flip tape over for part two. Nothing like that groove juice, boy. <laughs> Breakfast brew. Breakfast of Breakfast brew. Breakfast brew. Breakfast of turtles. Let's see what time. It's a 10, 10.35 here on a Saturday morning. Is it too early for beer? No. I don't know. No. I don't well, think so. You're not, on vacation. That's yeah, true. exactly. I'm on vacation from my problems. Yeah. What, what about Ugh dog <laughs> It's from What about Bob Don't I know look what at me it's oh, okay. I was waiting for a burp Oh god. Gotcha, I wasn't okay. like Looking at you like What are you even Talking about <laughs> I was waiting for a burp Alright well Let's swing back Into our pro wrestling Discussion again Jeff Wright rejoins us here yeah, on baby, the, on the Radcast. I almost said the Proper Gentleman Podcast. That's a different one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we plugged it in the first episode. I mean, we will in we, our we, intro. Uh, but we did. You yeah. said another Proper Gentleman. Yeah. But for those of you who are jumping on um, and maybe didn't listen to our, any of our other episodes, we're part of another podcast called the Proper Gentleman Podcast. Go find that wherever you get your podcast fixed. If you enjoy Jeff on this episode, there's a lot of Jeff in that stuff. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you might deter people from checking it His out. His fingerprints are all over it. And before we uh, before we go on, Jeff, do you want to plug your graphic design stuff? Up, uh, sure. Um, if anyone's out there who uh, is interested in getting, great, it we'll in- go check it out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm shut kidding. up. I'm just, try- I'm just trying to be. A, I'm just trying to be a nuisance. You are. Good job. <laughs> Um, no, for anyone who is interested in getting logos made, graphics made, uh, I do graphic design on the side. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, I need to see what my handle is on Instagram. JD Artsy. Yeah. Um, you, you can find me on the Instaham under JD underscore right underscore artsy, A-R-T-S-I-E. Um, I, I've got a couple couple things up there that I've posted and or that I've created graphic design wise. Um, if you check out Proper Gentleman podcast, I've designed all of the mm-hmm. uh, graphics for the episodes on that. So uh, you can check out my style a little bit on that. And yeah, if you're interested in doing something, shoot me a DM or something, yep. and we'll get in touch. And Just, he did the graphics he, for the for, Radcast. For the Radcast, yep. he did the Radcast That's graphic true. too, yeah. which we very much like. Um, yeah, so, so I've got a simple style. I, I like to keep things minimalistic if I can. But yeah, uh, if you are interested in anything, shoot me shoot me a message and uh, we'll talk details. Awesome, thanks, Jeff. Um, Thank you. Yeah, go go hit Jeff up. So part one for those of you who are jumping into part two right now and you haven't listened to part one, what are you doing? Like, yeah. just here. I just don't understand how. Yeah. Like, why do I have to preface it? Like, do yeah. people really be like, oh, there's two parts? I'm gonna listen to part two first. Yeah, I can it's like Memento. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can understand maybe it's like the first episode you see if you're just hopping on. Yeah, but like pause this right now and go hop on, listen to part one as we started our discussion on something that we've been passionate about since we were kids, uh, professional wrestling. Uh, we kind of build a framework to 
kind of illustrate how passionate we are about it. So it's not just three guys to where you're just asking, um, do they know how it works? Yeah. Like, uh, we talk about misconceptions. Fake. We talk about our favorite wrestlers, yeah. our introduction to it. Yeah. Stuff like so that. So go check uh-huh. it out. It's a, it was a really good discussion, uh, yeah. here on part two, we're just going to dive right in with a uh, favorite match. Let's just kick it off with our favorite match. So we oh, ended part one boy. with our favorite wrestler. Let's just talk about our favorite matches. I feel like that's like, that changes by the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, because like you're constantly finding or you know about so many good matches yeah. and there are ones on paper. Like if you have the WWE network, yes, you can watch, which is an absolute steal. Hey, like, we're you plugging have, you guys. WWE yeah, exactly. you should give us free subscriptions. For nine ninety nine exactly. a month, you get every single WWE pay-per-view ever yeah and you get a lot a of WCW steal. content, ECW, you get to watch nitros for like, which, I also just want to say, like, how crazy it is nowadays. Like, for anyone who doesn't watch pro wrestling, you would never know this. But back in the day, which makes me feel old saying, but back in, like, 2004, 2007, um, my mom, who, if you listen to part one, she she was my intro to wrestling. Um, My mom would order pay-per-views only if it was a big deal. Yeah. So, like, there's WrestleMania. So, like, 70 bucks. Well, that's what I was getting to. Like, there's WrestleMania. There's um, Royal Rumble. There's SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Those are, like, the big four in Mm -hmm. WWE at the time. And, like, regular pay-per-views, I think, were, like, $40. WrestleMania was $70. So, like... We we wouldn't order it unless it was a big one, or my mom wanted to see somebody lose. Mm-hmm. So like JBL back in two thousand four, yeah, man, we wanted to see him. Oh, God, lose. I hated him. He was such a good bad guy. Like he did his job. Like we bought almost every pay per view for SmackDown to yeah. try and see him lose. But my point in that is we were spending forty dollars a month mm-hmm. most months. Yeah. To watch the big events. If you get the WWE in network, you're paying ten dollars to yeah. watch those big events. Exactly. Something that used to cost for three months $120 to see those pay-per-views. You get those big events and you get everything else. A re- an original programming. Yeah. Like steal. behind the scenes, yeah. but documentaries like, God, and stuff like I, that. I I I would salivate if that were if that were something that was around when we for when we yeah. were truly like obsessed oh, with yeah. it oh four and oh five and oh six like I, I i i always contend that if the wwe network were in its form that it is now because they've they've had subscription-based stuff like wwe 24 yeah, 7 i remember that yeah. yeah um but if the wwe network were around back then in its form that it is now i wouldn't leave my room honestly i you you would have to pry me out yeah. of there to go places because I would not leave my room. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we were talking about it last night. They used to have this WrestleMania anthology, like DVD yeah. box set. Yeah. And now you can just flip on, you know, your PlayStation or your Xbox or wherever, however you stream, and you've got every WrestleMania right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if you just got it to watch pay-per-views, that's still a great that's deal. still saving yeah. you so much money. Yeah. And like it's great for me because you, can, I seriously think WWE needs to give us subscriptions for exactly. free with what how we're plugging this. Yeah, but like there's times where like my wife wants to watch something on TV on Sunday nights and there's a pay per view. I just pull it up on my phone and yeah. I'm still like it's crazy to me because 
uh, after my mom passed away, my dad was not a big pro wrestling right. fan. So he, like, if I asked him, like, Dad, can we order WrestleMania? He would look at him and be like, hell no. <laughs> and I would have to, uh, I'm admitting, uh, FBI, please don't arrest me. Uh, I would, ad- I'm admitting, I would have to try and find streams of it online to watch. Yeah. And it was always terrible quality yeah. and it would buffer and, like, half the time it would cut out at important spots. So, like, just looking at it and saying like I've got it on my phone if I want to watch it yeah. is crazy. To Plus me. you can watch NXT yeah. on there too. Uh, like you can't you can't get NXT anywhere else. Uh-huh. No. I, I mean they would originally do it um when it became like a, a show or right. when it was FCW. You'd have to watch it on Hulu, another yeah. subscription based yeah. which which I did, but yeah. you know the fact that it's included now in that 9.99 yeah. For WWE Network, yeah, WWE Network, we want we want something from you because I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've almost canceled my subscription because I although I have just this great connection to wrestling, you piss me off a lot. Like with the things where I'm like, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense in terms of like booking and storyline. Yeah, in like terms of like character booking, development, yeah, exactly. I'm like since I know how it works, I'm big on okay. How are you going to use your resources? Like yeah. how are you, how are you going to make how are you going to build a story? How are you going to build a feud? Because it's not. Yeah. Oh, so and so didn't win, so I'm pissed off. If I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense within the story for them it's to not win. It's a very so good creative care. decision. Exactly. Yeah. I get pissed off at the creative decisions. But before we go more into that, WWE, please, myself, <laughs> Matt, and Jeff, and just sponsor the Radcast. Sponsor Jeff's <laughs> graphic design. Let hire Jeff. Ooh. Let him go to Full Sail University to work for, for free. You. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Pay because, for it. Because ever since junior high, I've wanted to work for you in some capacity. D- for for those who don't know, Full Sail University down in Florida partners with WWE. Mm-hmm. I was uh, so I've got my my degree in preaching and public speaking, um, and I won't go into that. But I've wanted to. I've considered going back to school so many times, and I would be lying if I didn't say I want. I looked into Full Sail's online program solely for the fact that they work with WWE. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. So favorite match. So yeah, <laughs> we just went on a good whole because yeah. like because again, like I said in part one, we could talk about the history and aspects of wrestling for hours and hours and hours because we've done it for years before. But let's just focus back in. Favorite match, Jeff? Go. Oh God. Um, if I have to go, just gut instinct. Favorite match of all time. Uh, I go into the details of this uh, in part one, but uh, and why there's controversy. But still, looking at it from a match perspective alone, storytelling wise, uh, just performance wise, Triple Threat main event, WrestleMania 20, Chris Benoit, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. In my opinion. It, best match ever it it culminated a storyline of chris benoit being the guy who couldn't win the big one he was 18 years into his career at the time he had finally gotten to the main event of wrestlemania but there's this personal storyline between triple h and Shawn michaels uh because they have had a rivalry for years at this point they used to be best friends and they hated each other at this point but yeah just all of that culminating together you know, everyone had a legitimate reason to want to win that match. Benoit wanted to prove that he was the best. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels wanted to get vengeance on uh, his former best friend. Triple H wants to hold on to his championship yeah. and preserve himself. Like, there's so much into that match that, 
like regardless of the controversy surrounding Chris Benoit, like I watched that, I see the ending between Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, his best friend Mm -hmm. coming in, spoiler alert, and celebrating with Chris Benoit winning. And I get teary eyed still. Because they're both the champs at that point. Eddie had just defended the WWE title earlier in the night. Chris Benoit had just won the world heavyweight title. Two best friends who no one thought would be in the positions they are now. They were called vanilla midgets at one point by another wrestler because they were so small and short, and he said bland. But uh, two guys that should not have been in those spots uh, from other people's point of views, just celebrating with the world titles held above their heads like – it just yeah. gets me emotional. It makes yeah. me go, damn it, why did you do the things that you do, Chris Benoit? Yeah. Yeah. Because there are he has he has so many great matches. Yeah. And, and you're just like, damn it. I I will say that I if I had to pick like a recent match that is up there, yeah. Um, I would go I think SummerSlam twenty thirteen, Daniel, yeah, Daniel Bryan, Bryan versus John, John Cena, Cena for yeah. the WWE title. Like, again, like, I love the small guys. Daniel Bryan's a favorite of mine right now uh, and has been. And, again, it's a guy who nobody thought would really be in that position. And he goes out and he beats John freaking Cena. Yep. One of the biggest stars in professional wrestling recently and probably will go down as one of the biggest stars ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Daniel Bryan, the small little guy, pins WWE champion John Cena to win his first WWE title. Uh, that, that same that same thing. Like I see myself in that, and it just gives me sh- chills uh, seeing that win. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, like I said earlier, like it changes mm-hmm. um, just because you're constantly finding new, like, good mm-hmm. matches and stuff. But I always roll back to the WrestleMania 12. Main event, mm-hmm. Iron Man match, yeah. Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. It's a classic. For the WWF title. And the Iron Man match was, it was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, like I said, two of the best technical wrestlers, in-ring performers at the time. And they had this feud going, which actually was a real-life feud. Yeah. Like, they, you want to talk about blurring the lines of reality. Um, but so it's that's so funny. Like, in wrestling, if, if you have an actual feud with someone – you both have to be professional enough yeah. to get in the ring and put on a performance and protect each other, yeah, basically. Exactly. And honestly, those guys, those type of situations probably have the best matches. Yeah. Because, like, they do legitimately, like, can't stand each other. And they probably use that to fuel their match. But yeah. at the same time, they're like, I have to protect him because I need to work with him yeah. a week from now mm-hmm. to get the crowd over or whatnot. Oh, yeah. So the story leading up to that match was Bret Hart was the champion. He's obviously he wants to defend his title. He doesn't want to hand over the reins to Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels, the story around him was he was this he he had been toiling in the mid card for a long time, and he finally was working his way up to the main event. It was his boyhood dream to win the WWF title, and so that was sort of the angle to this. That was sort of to get you behind Shawn Michaels. And the Iron Man match was a match that was constructed to have a 60-minute time limit, which if, if you know wrestling matches, that's a very long time because mm-hmm. most like main event matches are like 25, 30 minutes long. Yeah, and those, um, those are like, yeah. Those, those are long those matches are the long themselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So not only are you proposing a challenge for the 
in character Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, but for the real people who have to go mm-hmm. and perform and entertain for mm-hmm. an hour. Like that's a Herculean task mm-hmm. to map out something that takes that long. Yeah. You know, um, with in terms of spots and high spots and like how to stretch that time out and create suspense. And they and stuff were like on that. time too. Yeah, exactly. That's on uh, that. That's the that's thing some, is yeah, like, we didn't touch in on that. They, really. the, the way that the way that people map out matches is they get together, they're given the result. They're like, okay, how do we work towards this result? What do we do to work towards mm-hmm. this result? A lot of people like Macho Man, Randy Savage liked to write out every single beat right. of a match and they go beat for beat. He was just kind of anal like that. And then you have other guys who just were like, we're going to, let's make sure we hit these key moments. But other than that, let's just call it in the ring. Like, yeah. so let's, let's go, let's improvise yeah. essentially. And so basically they, like time for time, like time limit for time limit, spot for spot, they they're like, okay, we want to make sure by like 15 minutes we want to have done this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and it's a true testament to those guys as performers the fact that they hit every single time stamp, and that's when you think about basically it's an improvised performance and anything can happen. It's live, like that's tremendous body control time control Mm -hmm. stuff like that it's crazy Mm -hmm. and you you, so you take that with the story that the actual storyline leading up to it and then the actual story that you see in the match because even a five minute match you can pick out story elements Mm -hmm. and like what's this match trying to say you know because very rarely is a match just thrown out there's like there's this is just a match yeah because there's always potential even for the most random pairing to tell some sort of story Mm -hmm. um so i think that in terms of storytelling the storyline leading up to it storytelling within the match how well behind the scenes they were able to map it out and hit every mark like they like they wanted to is incredible and it's a true testament to the those two performers Mm -hmm. um and then it was Shawn michaels first wwf title ring uh, or uh, win rain, yeah. Um, so uh, that he's my favorite. That it's probably my favorite match because that and Owen Hart and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10 mm-hmm. are two matches yes. that I think you should show at wrestling schools all over the place to be like, this is what we do mm-hmm. and this is how you do it. Yeah. So and plus the stories in both matches leading up to it and then in the actual ring mm-hmm. were very very good. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, Steven, like, can I take a guess at your favorite match? Uh, give it a try. Uh, the Undertaker versus Old Age. Uh, no, that's uh, <laughs> he's actually one of the reasons I've almost canceled my subscription a bunch. <laughs> he hasn't been a legitimate like. Okay, he's a draw still because he's the Undertaker, but he, he I haven't taken him seriously in like five years just because of various things he's done in the ring, and he keeps coming back to wrestle, and he's almost sixty, um, or. He's like, he's in his mid fifties, um, which that that's the thing too is there are people who wrestle into their sixties. Whether you have a legends contract with the WWE where you go in and you do a few moves oh, yeah. or whatever, like Ric Flair, you've got those old timers from the seventies, like yeah. your Iron Sheiks and your um, like Ivan Koloff yeah. and and um, Terry Funk. Terry Funk. They get in and they still they still wrestle on like independent, independent shows. shows, and a lot of them like Terry Funk still looks the same, <laughs> but you you sort of but you know, and he's getting into his eighties, but you get a lot of guys 
who they bring them in for spots. And it's like, what's the point? Like, there's not enough nostalgia in the yeah, world that yeah. can blind me from his terrible, his terrible physical appearance. Like, there, this is not the person that I grew been. up watching. There was like a meet and greet beforehand. Yeah. There had to have been. So it's but, just embarrassing to yeah. see a lot of those old guys still trying yeah. to wrestle. It, like, it's, it's all they know. Yeah, it, like, it's it's. I like the Undertaker as a guy, but like, um, he just as a performer, I haven't taken him seriously in about five years. Uh, but no, that's not my favorite okay, match. Sorry. Uh, it's it's like Matt and. Jeff, it's it's very hard to pinpoint what my favorite is. Uh, all the elements, storytelling, um, the story leading up to it, what happened in the ring, the end result, and also the promos and the vignettes, like the the musical montages to illustrate the story leading up to the big match so far. It's SummerSlam um, 02? No. Oh, okay. Uh, that, oh, that that one is fantastic. For Shawn Michaels. Uh, Survivor Series 2002 was the first uh, match called the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And what it is, is it's six competitors, two start in the ring, and the other four are in what's called pods. It's like these plexiglass... Uh, structures. It's and this giant metal chamber. It's this, it, like, yeah, it's, it, a it's fixture. It's for sure. literally these chains and chains, miles of chains wrapped around each other, creating this big chamber like type apparatus. Exactly. And you're slamming you're, you're slamming people on steel grates. Yeah, and There's it's like no give because yeah, yeah. there you have the ring which has little to no give, but on the outside it's surrounded by these uh, at level with the ring apron steel grates yeah. that are happening, and that's where the pods are and everything. Go Google Image Search Elimination Chamber, um, and you'll definitely find a pictures of this one, and you'll just see what it looks yeah. like. It's it's a beast of a structure, yeah. but they were always some to me growing up. So the most uh, exciting match stipulations. Uh, but this one was the first one in 2002. And going back to Shawn Michaels, I like Shawn Michaels too. Um, yeah. He's Matt's favorite, but I could pick a couple before him. He uh, he had this triumphant comeback in 2002 because he had to. He was forced into retirement in 1998 because he broke his back because of legitimate back. Yeah, exactly. Issues, yeah. But he came back in 2002, and leading up to that, he used to be just a jackass behind the ring, behind behind prima donna, yeah, behind yeah. the curtain and everything. Uh, but he came back and like he, you know, his his story was he's a born again Christian and he came back and he just he just wanted to have you know one more match and that one match turned into another match and then it turned into like 11 more years of work or like 10 more years of working. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this match, he won the world title and considering his story leading up to that, he, he started really feuding with, uh, like Jeff said, his former best friend, triple H. And that led to like a couple year long feud with him. And, uh, just the match itself is fun to watch. Uh, the end result is great. Like the last five minutes is just fantastic storytelling. And then the, the, I cannot stress enough how much an announcer makes a match and Jim Ross is the greatest to ever do it. And his call on it was fantastic. Uh, but also the, exactly the musical vignette before it, um, it's just, it's a blast of early two thousands, like yeah. post grunge music with saliva's always yeah. in there, but just the images they use and the story they tell with it, with the, the song they use is, is great. And to me, I'll probably stamp that as my favorite. Nice. So coming out of that, uh, as far as we, we've touched on it in other areas of what we've talked about, but just to kind of focus it more on this aspect, you, you can pick your favorite or you can just say some of your favorites, but all throughout our tenure of watching wrestling, what are some of your favorite memories with it? Mm. I think just sitting at home, like on a Thursday night in middle school, watching SmackDown 
and just really getting immersed in that world Mm -hmm. and really latching on to a lot of the characters and just starting to find out more about wrestling and really like a lot of things unfolding and they're like, Oh, okay. Like you're, you're in a moment of, you're in that moment of when you latch on to something and you're learning all you can about it. Like there's that excitement there. And plus it, it reflects the, the carelessness of like elementary school and middle school. Like when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. you're like, I don't have, you know, all I have to do during the day is go to school and then like my weekends are my own and stuff like that. So just watching SmackDown on, on Thursdays and then on Saturdays going out to the mall, like on the weekends and just like going into an FYE or Suncoast video and just looking at wrestling DVDs or going to like, Toys R Us, looking at wrestling toys and stuff oh. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that and just watching when myself, Steven, Jeff, and his wife, Katie, we all used to live together. It was always fun watching pay-per-views yeah. um, with them. It was fun because Katie, uh, her first exposure to pro wrestling was meeting me. So, like, she would watch and she would have, I am pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I am the embodiment of pro wrestling. Uh but she she would watch for the first time with with us, and she would watch and she'd be like, "Who's that guy? Yeah, why are they doing that?" And like just kind of explaining it to her. Um, and she's kind of turned into a fan. Like we uh, WrestleMania just happened uh, at the time of recording this, like uh, last weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So like we uh, we were watching it on the WWE Network mm-hmm. for ten dollars. Yeah, um, and. Uh, we were watching it, and like Katie was just invested as invested in some of the matches as I was, so that that's been cool. Um, but like for me, some of my favorite memories, like I can distinctly remember in like middle school with Steven, we had wood shop together, yeah, and WWE Raw had just like switched uh channels yeah. from Spike TV to USA Network, mm-hmm. and they were calling it like the Raw Homecoming or whatever. And like me and Steven are supposed to be like doing our CAD drawings or whatnot, yeah. and like we're just like looking over at each other and like whispering about it. And our teacher, uh, Mr. Clippard, Mr. Clippard, he he looked over at Let's us. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> he looked over at us and he was like, "Guys, I know Raw had their homecoming last night, but please just do your schoolwork." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "That's that's yeah. cool." He yeah. knows too. Uh-huh. He knows um, my name. <laughs> it's guys. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so like stuff like that. And then honestly, like just finding community within wrestling, yeah. uh, at some level, like we had a friend, Teresa, who she was big into pro wrestling and we would hang out at her house and we would watch wrestling. Yeah. Uh, we would go to events together and yeah. stuff like that. And like, even me moving here to Decatur, like I found guys at the church I go to now that are pro wrestling fans and like. It's it's kind of, you know, maybe not as needed today, but, like, for me, whenever I hear someone's a pro wrestling fan, I always have to ask myself, like, okay. At what do, level? Do they like, understand, like, yeah. this is predetermined and stuff yeah. like this? Like, I don't want to go watch wrestling with them and, like, they're all super into it because they think it's real. They're booing the bad guy because he's the bad guy. Right. So, like, yeah. it, it's been cool because, like, I've met some friends here in Decatur who love pro wrestling just at the same level as me, Matt, and Steven. And, you know, it's just, like, instant community with those yeah. guys because I'm like, you know, I can watch this and enjoy this with them. So, yeah, like, in a strange way, my favorite memories – of pro wrestling have to do with community. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I would definitely jump onto that as well. And I would also, um, going along with, 
you know, Katie watching it with Jeff and then watching it with us, we've had other friends, our, our buddy Jeremy Weed, who yeah. we, we had on Proper Gentleman and who we're going to have on Radcast. Um, he, he's the biggest example. Of, and like our, our older brother too, because, uh, but Jeremy is the biggest example of somebody, and I don't want to brag or toot our horn, but I feel like anybody who watches it with us, um, if they're willing to listen, we, we teach them at least yeah. from what we know of years and years of research and understanding, we, we tell them how it works. We and like tell, why we like it, why we yeah. like it. Like, so Jeremy has said numerous times, he's like, I loved watching with you guys. Cause I love seeing your passion for it. And we, and Jeremy would sit with us and we'd like, I want, we want to show you this match. And Jeremy, you know, was, a, was I loved a, answering his questions. Exactly. Yeah. Jer- Jeremy came with questions. Um, Jeremy would come with interest and you know, he, he'd be like, well, who, who's that? Or why did that happen? And is we, this person any good? You exactly. Know, like, like so, and he would watch, and he started getting into it because also his roommate like watched it too. But his roommate was not a good person to watch it with because he was the person who'd be like, "Oh, oh, this is so stupid. I don't know why I'm watching it." But they'd keep then watching. Stop it. watching. Yeah, it. exactly. Own up to it. But uh, but myself, Matt, and Jeff, he would watch with us, and we'd be like, we'd show him a promo be like here's why this promo worked or we'd show him a match and be like this match worked because the story they're trying to tell and this person did this oh you see that that person did that right there and we would just dissect these things yeah. to, to give a better understanding not just with jeremy but like our older brother would like ask questions or we talk with him about it and just anybody who would be willing to listen we would be we want we want people to have an understanding of it because of how you know the stigma attached to or whatever. Yeah. Um, so some of my favorite memories were watching with Jeremy or like Jeff said, watching at our friend Teresa's house and yeah. watching it with Katie and telling Katie about it. Um, but also going along with what Matt said, there are some things like music wise or, me- or, th- or image wise that I can't see without thinking of wrestling. I can't hear yeah. pop punk without thinking of junior high and without thinking of wrestling. I can't, think of a mall we used to go to or any mall really without thinking of pro wrestling because i can't think of steroids without thinking of wrestling exactly when When i have to shoot up steroids i'm like this is for the wrestlers in your butt in my bottom in my butt in my fingers yeah exactly anywhere i can put a needle to shoot up steroids and make myself big and beefy yeah uh but i'd say you know that when me and matt or matt and i our quest to obtain wrestling things before our mom like our mom kind of like relented and started like like (laughs) allowing us to purchase wrestling things or allowing other or like purchasing wrestling things for us uh which is very very few and far between but like just our pursuit to obtain wrestling things just the thrill of the hunt and like finally you know having to really be like please 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 and i'm being like fine (laughs) um which also became our punishment like if we did anything wrong she's like all right give me a wrestling game like no (laughs) uh but just kind of the That's how funny. obsessed we became in junior yeah. high and how we'll never be able to do that again but i i'm like i'm okay with that i'm okay with leaving it there so just all those things are probably some of my favorite memories mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i've got to say like a recent memory that i can like really latch on to and hold on to uh and it's timely because it was last week in at wrestlemania and i only know i'm only thinking of this at this point cuz i've got uh funko pops i'm a collector of yeah. those uh, and I've got the new day on on my shelf right now, like in pr- primo position on top. Um, I always like to switch out who I have on the top shelf just as like a showcase. Yeah. Um, 
usually I have like Adventure Time or some of my superhero ones, but I have a new day because Kofi Kingston is a pro wrestler who has been in the WWE for 11 years now and has never had a world title match, mm-hmm. like yeah. a one-on-one world title match. He had his very first one at WrestleMania and he beat my favorite guy, Daniel Bryan. And this just goes to show how great of a babyface good guy Kofi Kingston is. Like Daniel Bryan's my my favorite and I wanted Kofi to win mm-hmm. and beat him to get his first WWE yeah. world title. Uh, reign and he did and yeah. it's it, like Katie if we had her on here right now she's downstairs doing who knows what yeah. but <laughs> if she was on here she would say like yeah Jeff teared up and like mm-hmm. Jeff got emotional seeing that and that just like kind of goes to show like how yeah. powerful pro wrestling can be as yeah. a storytelling device oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like this is a guy who has scratched and clawed for over a decade mm-hmm. and finally got his shot and capitalized on yeah. it like mm-hmm. i don't know there's just so many feel-good moments that can happen in pro wrestling that like i think anyone who knocks on it just need to give it a shot because like if yeah. you enjoy stories yeah. you'll enjoy pro wrestling yeah and that and that's a testament to the actual belts that they have mm-hmm. it's not like they've got to climb up through the rank like legitimately through the ranks mm-hmm. and like have an actual fight and stuff like that so it's not like it, boxing or UFC right. and stuff. So essentially, they're they're props, but right. but it's about what it represents. Like, yeah, being it, given one of those titles, uh, at championships is essentially like the company saying like we trust you. Yeah. In this position, like yeah. we trust you as this guy to represent us. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Like, because you see whenever guys or women, whenever they win belts and you see them, you see like legitimate emotion mm-hmm. that it's, it's funny because you watch it and you're like, it's, it's so crazy because they knew that was going to happen. Like they were told that was going to happen, but they still are reacting that way mm-hmm. because they're thinking of all they had to get through and all the training they had to do and all the years just scratching and clawing and feeling like they're not getting a fair mm-hmm. shake in terms of, you know, in the main event picture or like stuff like that. And it's a culmination of all the experience up and down the roads and Mm -hmm. sacrifice they had to make make for this business, working in this business. That's what that belt represents. I I think, I might be wrong on this, but I think like the only time I can think of that a wrestler was not told they were going to win and you can kind of see the genuine emotion on their face yeah recently uh there's a wrestler kevin owens yeah who it's funny he debuted on wwe and like katie looked at him and she was like jeff that's you yeah i was like yeah okay looks like me i'll take that that's a compliment but um kevin owens was in a fatal four-way match for uh the wwe universal championship Mm -hmm. And Triple H, uh, who is one of my favorites I mentioned on part one, he, he's like an authority figure in the WWE now. Like he has power and responsibility and whatnot. Um, there's a fatal four-way, and Triple H is supposed to be a bad guy. Uh, Seth Rollins, um, who I think I mentioned in part yeah, one, yeah. He, Seth Rollins was uh, going against Triple H, and he was about to win the match. Triple H attacks him. And, like, allows Kevin Owens to get a pin on him. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty positive I heard that originally Kevin Owens was told that Seth Rollins was going to win. And, like, Triple H comes in and attacks him. And, like, you can see genuine, like, 
shock on Kevin Owens' face, and he, like, gets the pin, and you can tell, like, he's a wrestler who doesn't know what's going to happen next, which is very rare. Yeah. And, like, just his genuine reaction to, like, winning a, a major championship, mm-hmm. like, that's that's also a favorite moment now that I'm actually, like, thinking through recent yeah. stuff. And that that's what that's what also keeps me in the game is, like, there are still those moments where you're like, oh my God, did that just happen? Like there's still that chance that you're going to be surprised. I love, love when pro wrestling surprises me now because I'm not surprised by anything in pro wrestling. Um, But I love the genuine, like, oh my, whether it's like a return of somebody or like something like that happening in a match, just being like, bravo, bravo. It's like, again, it's, it's storytelling. Like if you're a fan of any sort of storytelling for, a good amount of years Mm -hmm. like you can see tropes and like cliches that are coming a mile away Mm -hmm. like we're all fans of pro wrestling like i've been a fan since i was seven eight years old uh so like 20 plus years of watching wrestling you guys have been watching wrestling for over 10 years Mm -hmm. like 14 years at this point Yeah, Yeah. yeah like you know we've been watching this a while and we i would like to think that as experienced wrestling fans I, I can tell when something's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I can say, oh, they've built this matchup or this storyline to this point. Like, I expect yeah. so-and-so to come out or this to happen or it's that to happen. It's a title match on Raw. The yeah. baby face is not going to win. They're going to yeah. wait till the pay-per-view or so something. So, like, now. when, just with any kind of storytelling, when genuine surprise happens, that's, like, such a treat. And oh, it's yeah. such, such a good moment for, like, those true fans that have been invested for so long. Yeah. And I just... It's there's so much spectacle and wonder to it. And mm-hmm. even though again, sometimes I can be a jaded wrestling hmm. fan, I still when watching, it still does this to me where it it elicits this emotion. It still um causes me to kind of like when the ref hand is almost hitting the mat for three and somebody like just with anybody, and I still kind of like jump whenever the person, yeah. whenever the uh, the person who's uh, almost about to get the three counted on their their arms, their shoulder shoots up to keep the match going. I still kind of like jump, yeah. and I still love watching just a great match. Even even though I know what's gonna happen, I still love watching that. I love seeing just great mic work mm-hmm. and just people yeah. who can really talk. Yeah, yeah. So before we wrap up our discussion of pro wrestling and we kind of hit our break and then go into our closing segment with Jeff, in the last couple of years, this kind of goes back to something I said like right at the beginning of part one um, and how I'm not a big fan of WWE being compared to the combat sports or them trying to like pass themselves off as I, I, I hesitate to say a legitimate sport because they're legitimate athletes, but it's not like a legit like sport sport as yeah. like some people would think it's been covered on ESPN like pretty heavily for the past couple of years. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I personally, I don't like it at all. I think it's silly. Yeah. I think it's absolutely silly and I love wrestling, but I've always kind of cringed too when people call it a sport. Yeah. yeah. Because to me, it's not like it there's, I like the term sports entertainment because mm-hmm. there's elements of sport in there right. in terms of athleticism and 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 you know competition even though it's put on for yeah. the audience but it's entertainment so i've always cringed when people call it a sport so yeah. the fact that espn is trying to ingratiate it in there i just th- i think it's silly it's yeah. like it's it's not a sport mm-hmm. so it shouldn't be on espn and you don't have 
Entertainment Weekly interviewing, you know, Jim Halpert and saying like, so you and you and Roy are fighting for the same, you know, are fighting for the same woman, Pam. Like, how do you think that's going to, how how do you think that's going to play out? Like, you don't, you don't see other conglomerates. I had to think for a second, like Jim Halpert, Jim Halpert, is that a sport? Oh, oh, the office. office. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just silly to me. It's like, cause, cause it's not like the AWA in the eighties when they used to show that on ESPN. And that's when, that's when rest. That's when kayfabe was still alive. Which right. Kayfabe is a carny term, which actually ironically means fake. Uh, but <laughs> but like in character, right? Yeah. In like in character, no Back one knew when, it was a yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. So it's like okay, so. Those are sporting events, and so we put them in ESPN. But now that the curtain's been pulled back, and everybody knows that it's it's a spectacle, and they're playing characters, yeah. it's just silly to me when on ESPN they're asking about storylines, or they're asking like, yeah. "Who do you think? How do you think? How are you approaching this match?" Da, da, da. It's just goofy to me. Yeah. For me, it's like I, it's weird because like Brock Lesnar is still heavily involved with WWE, yeah. and like he's a guy who I'm like, okay, he's a UFC competitor, yeah. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, right, yeah. uh, like. Okay, they're on ESPN, and you know they're going to be asked about their WWE connections. Like, I get that, I understand that, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like, it's cool seeing it on that kind of mainstream outlet, but for me, like, I agree. I think it's silly to approach it and be like, you know, I, you know, what do you think is going to be the outcomes? Like, I don't. I'm just ready I'm not for gonna Sunday. You. I'm ready to. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready it's to like, beat his ass. You if, know? If maybe ESPN approached it like asking them like you know what's your training routine look like for yeah. this like how are you how are you physically getting prepared yeah. to perform or like how are you doing this how are you doing that like what's your advice on you know recovery or stuff like that yeah. if they did that because yeah. like yeah. like kind of Seth Rollins mentioned tap into the athletic aspect yeah. of it. Like, exactly you yeah. know they they are athletes. In the sense that they train like athletes, they eat like athletes, they they do everything an athlete would. But at the end of the day, it's not a competition because at the end of the day, they know who's going to win and who's going to lose. Yeah. So if they approached it more from a training perspective, I would enjoy it more, I think. Yeah. Because like, I would love to watch an ESPN documentary about the training routine of wrestlers. Like, yeah. That would be really interesting to me. Because they're folks that have to go on the road 300 days out of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in seeing how they train mm-hmm. on a daily, weekly basis. But, yeah, the whole aspect of looking at it and asking them About as, their like, storylines and as, stuff like that. Yeah. As if it's, it's like, just, actually. It, it gets just silly, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because. Everybody knows. Yeah. So it it's I like I know ESPN. There's actually a lot of wrestling fans that work at ESPN. Yeah. So I get it. Like sure. there's that interest is there, but it's like it's goofy because everyone knows unless you're a little kid, everyone right. knows how it works. So it's just silly to me that you're approaching it as if you're talking as if you're talking to a UFC fighter or a boxer like right. what's your what's your um what's your um uh, you know, game strategy, plan, yeah. game plan going into this fight. It's like, guys, come on. Like, yeah. it's just ridiculous. I think uh, I think they try and treat it as if, like, they're on Conan or something like that. Because, yeah. oh, well, it's a, sport, it's a sports outlet. So, you know, we're interviewing them as if, like, when, how Conan or Jay Leno or Letterman interviews a celebrity. It's like, well, it makes more sense when you see – people like Triple H or The Rock on Conan because yeah. that's a that's a entertainment media right. outlet. Like let's 
as much as I, I love how athletic these men and women are, don't treat it like it's a sport because it just catches more ire from detractors. Right. And even though, even though I'm an adult and I can rationalize the way people think about it, I still just cringe whenever people hate on it because I just, I just want to tell them like, no, like this yeah. is how it works. Blah, blah, blah. I, I want to per- put things in perspective. Yeah, it's like anything you're passionate about. Yeah. You get, you get a little, you know, your eye twitches a little right. bit when someone talks bad about it. Yeah. My blood rages. Exactly. So that is our discussion on uh, professional wrestling. We definitely have a, a lot more thoughts. Again, these years of all of us watching and watching it together. We have a lot we want to talk about. So in future episodes, we'll have episodes to where we're talking about more focused things about pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So that was our discussion on that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, talk about some movies with Jeff. So oh, stay tuned. Popcorn? Welcome back to the Radcast. Uh, if you've been listening for on both parts one and part two here, we've had a lengthy discussion on professional wrestling. Again, Jeff, thanks for joining us this episode. Mm, thanks for coming to my house. Oh, yeah. You're welcome yeah. to be here. Yeah, so yeah, thank you. We're up in Jeff's office, so thank you very much for having us. Thank you for being on. Uh, again, on the Radcast, if you don't know, then now you know. Uh, other, We like to talk about all aspects of pop culture, so we're going to take... Uh, a, a we're gonna veer off from the pro wrestling talk and we're head actually on a swivel exactly yeah. keep your head on a swivel yeah. we're gonna veer off from pro wrestling we're gonna talk movies uh, but one of my favorite things is to talk about the movies I don't like <laughs> the movies that I find disappointing so I posed a question to you guys earlier this week to kind of be thinking about Matt we'll start with you yeah uh, so the first thing having to do with movies here in the last five years what is the worst movie you have ever seen oh man uh, <laughs> Um, the first one that comes to mind is probably Suicide Squad. Mm. <laughs> okay, so in the last five years, the last five years, yeah. yeah, Suicide Squad or Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot about yeah. Dumb and Dumber you Two. You want to talk about just? I mean, you can't ask for much from a film franchise that like had its best movie twenty years ago, and you're trying to do a sequel mm-hmm. to that. I don't know what I expected, but it was just like. So terrible. Mm-hmm. And then Suicide Squad was just more disappointing than anything. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, for me, um, it barely gets in there at the five-year mark, but uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, that's a decade ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Just oh, about, gosh. yeah, like 2011. Yeah, right. uh, if we said last 10 years, yeah. uh, that would be disappointing, I guess. But yeah. uh, I, for me... Um, we talked about it a little bit over on Proper Gentleman. I'll go more in depth on that if you guys want to tune into that episode on comic book movies. But for me, yeah, in my opinion, worst movie I've seen uh, was Avengers Age of Ultron. I think it just it missed the mark on so many things. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with one that we watched. Yeah, this is this is really cutting close on that five-year mark but it's this movie on netflix called satan's little helper oh yeah (laughs) and uh i i i don't know what do we expect it exactly but here's the thing and we're not stranger we're not shy about saying this i love movies that are considered bad i love them and i can sit through them eat like easily it's funny there's a lot of funny stuff in there and at the end of it i never am like uh, you know, uh, I just wasted an hour and a half of my life. I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, I hated this movie. Like, yeah. and I don't really like 
hate a lot of movies, especially bad ones. I hated it because first of all, the kid was super annoying. It's like this kid who like encounters this, I don't know. He, he, it's this little kid who likes Satan or whatever. And he's like, this nerdy little yeah, like, kid too. It's like, not like he's got like black eyeliner. Exactly. Like, he's like, hello master. Like every day is Halloween for him. And, uh, he encounters this person who's like dressed as Satan, but this person is murdering people as he's hanging out with this kid. Big deal. And, uh, and just the kid was so obnoxious, so annoying. The story was stupid. And the ending had me screaming at the television because it was so. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. Like that. I was like, "I hated that. I hated that movie. Um, it just, it just wasn't good." So for me, I'd probably say the movie Satan's Little Helper. So those were some of the worst. And you guys actually touched on um, kind of aspects of this. But in the last five years, what's the most disappointing movie you watched? So something you like was either built up for you, Matt. You said Suicide Squad. Yeah. That was based a lot on the the the. Um, the marketing for it and like the trailers and stuff. And the trailer you see was it. perfect. For oh that yeah, movie. you know. So something that really was built up for you and really excited to see, but you were really, really disappointed by. Hmm. Yeah, Suicide Squad, and um, I think the more I watched it, there are things I like about it, but Justice League. Oh, you took my answer. Uh, me and Matt actually, I got pre-screening tickets to Justice yeah. League. And for those who don't know, I am a huge DC fanboy. Like, unashamedly un, uh, and unapologetically, I love most things DC comics. And I was so excited for Justice League just because it's Justice League. Yeah. Like, it's a huge deal. So I got pre-screening tickets. Um, Matt was able to join me for it. And we went to it's the a theater. Pretty, it was a nice little date. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, we, we went to the theater and... I was so excited for it, and in my head, there's something about seeing a movie in a theater that kind of, like, lessens the badness of it. Yeah. I think um, you're just so taken in yeah, by the theater, theater experience. Yeah, and, like, it was comfy seats. It was a nice big screen. I, I was comfortable. Um, so, like, watching it, I was like, eh, it's okay. Like, it's not bad, but, you know, it's not perfect. Like, it's okay. And then I rewatched it. With our buddy Jeremy, I went to the theater twice, so like the theater experience had like faded, and I was just watching it to watch it. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is bad." Yeah. Oh, this is disappointing. Oh, Batman's too much of a jokester in this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that was a disappointment. <laughs> um, I say for me, is the movie Monster Squad. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So. Here's the thing. Like, so are we talking movies we've just seen or in the past just, five years? Yeah. So or it could be made in the it last could be five any decade. It oh, could be from okay. any decade. Monster Squad's up there with me too. Oh, yeah. I have to do, rethink this. A little. Okay. Do Do we want to redo? No, 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 no. This, this is this is yeah. this is a good um, conversation. So for me, it's natural. The mis- yeah. I, I I should have specified that in the text. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, in the last five years that we've watched, so mm, not that okay. have come out in the last five years. Yeah, Monster Squad actually is my pick. Okay, so Monster Squad, I love. Halloween and I love 80s cult classic movies and I, I just love 80s movies and anything that's considered an 80s cult classic movie and and ingratiates the universal movie monsters and has a, uh, a again a cult following is surrounded with like eerie imagery and yeah. stuff like that something called Monster Squad and then has been and we've been told dude you guys haven't seen Monster Squad. You got to watch it. You guys like, would like it. Yeah, exactly. When anybody says you guys would like it, um, I really just listen to people who like knew who know me super well 
because if I'll be like, if someone is like, oh, you'd like it, I'd be like, okay, and I'll watch it and keep an open mind to see what they see, and you know, I'll end up liking it nine times out of ten. But uh, by people that like knew us really well, they're like, no, you guys got to watch it. You'd really like it. I'm like, okay, sweet. So we finally got the chance to watch it, and I did not like it. Um, cause you could, you have these eighties movies with these really endearing kid ensemble casts like the Goonies. Yeah. Um, this did not have, it. this did not have it. It was a dis. it was disjointed. Um, it, the kids were like out of like the five kids or whatever, two of them, I actually like didn't have a problem with the, uh, you could, you, I, there was a heavier set character and with like chunk and the Goonies. Token fact. Yeah. Yeah. But Portly with like, boy. Yeah. With like chunk and the Goonies are like, Oh, we'll get the, the, the bigger kid as the comic relief. Um, the, the bigger kid in this, uh, was super obnoxious, yeah. not funny at all. They did not hit their comedic beats very well. I don't care if Wolfman's got nards. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. People who think that that line is hilarious. It's not hilarious because the kid who delivered it is super obnoxious. I've never seen this movie, so I'm just going to look it up. Yeah. yeah look stupid. it up. Like I, if, if I'm saying this and you're like, Oh, I got to see this to believe what he's saying, or this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. Like watch it again. All if right. You like it. It's because of nostalgia. Yeah, and exactly. You probably grew up with it. Now, if that's I, really it. if I, and I have up, plenty of movies yeah. that I like because of that reason, if I grew I'm just up with saying it, yeah. it's not a good movie. I might've well, big kid looks like an idiot. Yeah. I might've liked it growing up, but just there's so many, it, it just missed all the marks. Yeah. And, I just I just was super super disappointed at the end of it because I was like I really wanted that to add that to the rotation of yeah. Halloween movies yeah. and it's, I just was really really annoyed I, by it. I get that it looks like it should be good. Yeah, it looks like it looks Looking like the Goonies it, yeah. with Universal movie monsters. Exactly, and it there's, there's looks awesome. And there's like there's one part in there, and uh, I hate I hate using this word. Um, but we're not going to veer away from it because I'm, I'm quoting something. But the leader of the monsters that are all being brought, you know, back to life is Dracula. And uh, Dracula. Exactly. And there's a uh, there's a scene. I don't even remember like what they're doing. But uh, there's a scene near the end to where it's this little girl. And uh, I, I just remember I don't the context escapes me. I just remember it was totally unnecessary for him to say this. But he lifts this little girl up and she like tricked him or something. Uh, I don't even know if she tricked him. And he's like, you bitch. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, you, what? Like, it's, it's a little so, girl. So that, that like, yeah. if I wasn't already out of the movie, that yeah. completely took me out of the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, because even within context, you don't call a little, you don't call a little girl, like, you don't call any woman a bitch, but, like, yeah. definitely not a little girl. Yeah. Especially, like, it, it was needless. That's yeah. what bugged me is it was needless. So Monster Squad is the most disappointing movie that I've mm. seen in the last five years, and also one of the most disappointing <laughs> movies that I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna stick with my answers. Yeah, I mean, you're fine. You're fine. I should, I should, again, I should have been nah, more specific. Um, I, I didn't. I feel bad for kind of keeping that information to myself and make and making my picks based on that little. Well, uh, you said um, like Satan's detail. little helper at first. I was like, was that made five years ago? No. Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I feel bad because I feel like our answers would have been different. Nah, no, that's all right. Mine probably still would be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, right on. 
So uh, that is uh, another episode of the Radcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know we we always enjoy making these, especially having our friends on. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, so for the Radcast, I'm Steven. I'm Matt. And I'm Jeff. Thank you for joining us again, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for coming to my house again. Much like we do on here, as long as you're not hurting anybody, make sure to always hold on to the things that you find rad. We'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.